Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the World of Work podcast to the Wow. My name is Paula Granati, and today I'll be sharing the sound bites of a podcast where I was a guest speaker, and I was invited by Louis Malley. He is, uh, amongst other things, also the founder of an executive search company called Bentley Lewis. And at the time when we met, it was exactly because there was a job opening and we were exploring that opportunity. And I said, you know, thank you very much, Lewis, but I'm really in a different path in my life and, and I want to do something very different. So he reconnected with me this year and he said, why don't you share your story in my podcast? And I said, well, why not? That sounds like a great idea to be on the other side of the microphone. And so here it is, the episode we decided to call it How to Become the CEO of Your Life. It was a live show, a very fun conversation. And, and to me, becoming a CEO of your life, by the way, means actually to become a creative explorer of opportunities. It does not necessarily and only mean how to become a successful business person. Of course, you need to get your act together, but it's much more than that. It's really how to become a fulfilled individual. So I hope you enjoyed the sound bites and and for sure I did love this conversation. Great fun. Hey everyone. Thanks everyone for watching. And if you're watching now, if you're watching after the event, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you're consuming it, thank you so much. Today I wanted to chat about being the CEO of your life. And Paola Granati, thank you so much for joining me. We met probably, I'd say, a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. um, just, and correct me if I'm wrong, just as you were moving from an amazing corporate HR career um, and you decided to change things up and take charge of your career, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And to become CEO of my life. And CEO of your life. <laughs> and, I'm still, and I'm still learning along the way what that means, oh. how complicated it is, and uh, but at the same time how... I think it's probably the biggest challenge, um, my biggest professional challenge that after 25 years of corporate HR, multinational companies, Fortune 500 companies, amazing assignments, you know, um, and, and, but yet now I think I'm ready for the biggest challenge yet, which is the next 25 years of my professional career. The next 25. The next As 25 is <laughs> like, how do you, how do you transform? How do you position yourself? And how do you offer your skills and expertise in areas that to me make a difference and that to me are important? So it's a bit like doing an HR wor work for the world. <laughs> the big <laughs> mission, like redefining the world of work, redefining employment and, and kind of helping people navigate through that. These, these very, yeah, challenging times is a little bit over, overused word, but it is definitely um, times that are not going to, it's not going to get any better, let's put it this way. So it's going to continue to require a lot of flexibility, adaptability, but also I think what I really like about the CEO concept is yeah. you, you, you want to build your career. You want to be successful. You want to put your assets to work in a way that, they create value not only for you but but hopefully for the society at large. So anyway, I'm. Um, it's true. It was a year but, ago. It was a year ago. <laughs> and and a lot of people want to do it, but it's 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 tough, right? Like emotionally, it's hard to leave the perceived safety of employment. Super. And and do what you've done. Is it a year on? Is it what you expected it to be like? 
I, I think it is even better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the first, the first one also because last year it was pandemic year, wasn't it? Like the twenty twenty, yeah, yeah. the year of the pandemic, not the year of the cat, right? The year of the <laughs> pandemic, and and so that that threw off certain plans and certain ideas I had initially it was about creating a business, creating a company, focusing yeah. on creativity and and how to help people kind of unleash their creative potential doesn't mean to become artists all of a sudden but it does mean to you know look at your life and your professional skill sets in a different and a creative way but yeah. then lo and behold of course uh, the famous sonata c19 covid19 <laughs> hit us all and and there i decided to create this podcast uh, the world of work uh, which which was really meant to help those individuals who lost their jobs or cannot afford a coach or outplacement and, and sort of said, I want to be like a frontline worker, if that makes sense, without, yeah. I mean, although I come from the healthcare and the life science, um, but I'm not, of course, an expert in that. So I'm like, how can I contribute? How can I help? How can I put a voice out there uh, and bring my HR experience to those who may need it? And that's how it started, kind of playfully. You know, these six, seven episodes uh, got together with my network of HR colleagues, said, you know, guys, we got to help. We got to help. We got to do what we can um, to help those individuals who are transitioning. And from there, bit by bit, Lewis, it's like, in the meantime, I think I've lost track of what I initially wanted to do. <laughs> but it has, it has helped me get more and more comfortable in realizing that I'm not the only one who's seeing dramatic changes when it comes to the world of work. And, and of course, this pandemic has accelerated that process. Yeah. And, and so my intention now is to, is to really uh, uh, put my experience to work, to, okay. to help those individuals who, who want to transform their careers, want to transform their lives, or rather want to take control of it, right? Because yes. like some people may not want to, they want to continue and they want to grow up that corporate ladder. Fantastic. You still have to know how that works. Yes, you still have true. to know how to position yourself, your skills, and how the mechanics work. You have to know it. Otherwise, it's a little bit like trial and error. And that takes time, right? I mean, yeah. why do trial and error when you can kind of learn from others who've tried and errored? <laughs> true. But you know, when you when you I don't know about you, but it feels like when you when you when you're growing up, so you're at school, if you decide to go to university or training, whichever route you take. It's always it's a bit it's a bit laid out for you. Like certainly, you know, like the education piece, you kind of you know what's next. You're going into year two, year three, year four, year five. And then suddenly, you know, you enter the world of work. And it's just an amazing amount of, of different paths you can take. Um, mm -hmm. If you do join a company, they're providing training and it's almost things are just you don't have to think about it. But so, so a lot of people now, it's, you know, we talk about taking charge of your career or being, a, um, as, a, as a friend says, an employeepreneur. So being the CEO of your business and you can be a CEO of your business, whether you're employed or not, but taking ownership and, and people find it right. difficult to do that. It's a hard it's transition. Right. It, it is. And, and it's absolutely normal. I think that's that's the other thing. Like, let's let's not be too harsh on ourselves as well I think there's so much emphasis now on how to be perfect how to be the best how to always be you know the how syndrome is you know the five tips to uh success yeah. to stardom to you know how easy it is well you know what let's relax for a second because it is a major shift 
in, in the way we see things. And it's a major shift in our minds too, because that paradigm that you were talking about, you know, of, of between life and death, you have these other milestones that have already been laid out for us in the past. Definitely, I've been, I'm a generation X, so I grew up with that mentality, right? You study and then you get a job, you know, from pool of studies to pot of jobs, I call it, and then <laughs> vertical careers, and then the, the company is going to take care of you. And it's true, as an HR professional, I still fundamentally believe people are the most important assets that we have. However, yeah. however, it is no longer sustainable to say that we're going to be able to retain you, develop you until you retire. That is just no longer that paradigm. You know, that's that's kind of broken. And we should stop in companies, I think, in hammering concepts that we're not able, unless we're able to really walk the talk and say, hey, Lewis, you're joining as a trainee and you're going to end up the CEO of this company. Like, right, good luck. <laughs> It's not. And, and the millennials don't want that. And the, and the new generations don't want that either. So it is, I think it's mostly for mid-career folks yeah. that are kind of like find themselves in the middle of this big transition. But also if you're starting out as a young graduate, I do think that it's important to get experience under your belt. You have to, you're probably going to be zigzagging and that's okay. You'll probably still need to figure out what it is that you actually want to do. And that is okay. You know, and, and, but have a North star in mind, at least have a sense of vision. That's what CEOs do, right? Even before you become a CEO, at least have a sense of purpose of, of saying, you know, this is what I, what I think I can contribute to, 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 yeah to the world and to the challenges we have. But absolutely, it is really, really difficult. And But you know what? Even the ones who are used to that paradigm, the Generation X or the baby boomers, they will retire one day. And there are so many people that when it comes to that moment of, uh-oh, I'm no longer defined by my VP title. I'm no longer defined by that role that I had in that organization. And people go through this incredible identity crisis like, well, who am I? If I am not the president of this region, who am I the moment I retire? So it is really important, I think, as challenging as it may be, but to take ownership, take ownership and take the responsibility. Because it's a beautiful thing, by the way. I mean, this life that we have is a beautiful thing if we know how to put it to, to work, yeah. not only for us, but really for, for the world around us. So anyway, I'm babbling 100%. away. That is true. That it's, that it's, I'm really it's, passionate it's, about this because I find it interesting because from, from my perspective, you said people at kind of middle of their careers towards the end are used to this, almost these stages in life. Um, interesting on the other side, you, you, I speak to I spoke to a, a friend of mine's brother the other day, and my friend was like, "Can you chat with my brother?" And I'm like, "Sure, no problem." You know, what's the scenario? And he said he's been in his job six months and he wants to quit already. Just like, okay, fine. So I had a chat with him. What's the, what's the story? He said, oh, they're not taking my views seriously. I should be in those leadership team meetings. You know, I should be helping run the company. Yeah, I was like, you know, just take a breath and slow down and appreciate you have, I mean, you know, you could be working for 70, 80 years. It's a long time. It's a marathon. And so a lot of younger people, they're just so, they're so keen to get yeah. to the top. And, and you see on social media, you know, you see all the success stories of like, you know, this young guy or girl who's founded this amazing tech firm, sold it and made their first billion by 25 or something. And a lot of that, I think, fuels fuels expectations a bit. And, and so my message to this guy was just, you know, 
take up all your knowledge, learn as much as you can and be patient and enjoy the journey and mm-hmm. things start to develop. But the great thing was that he was already thinking about taking ownership of his career. Like he was really just, he already wanted to be that top management right. person. Right. But at the same time, it's um, allow yourself to enjoy youth too. What I mean by that is allow yourself to to still be young at heart and to and to learn as opposed yeah. to already putting yourself in a situation of saying, I have to be, you know, because I have to create my startup company. I have to be an entrepreneur. Or I have to, um, I mean, there are financial considerations here, of course, Lewis, right? So yeah. when I also talk about becoming a CEO of your life, it also means learning how to manage your finances, learning to actually to manage those finances like a CFO would do. So, so you know, make sure you, you know a little bit about finance and finance finances you know if you're spending more than you're making that's already a no-no right let's go from the basics and if ideally that gap between what you're making and what you're spending you have a little bit more in between start saving start investing start really thinking with with a business hat on because the moment you start thinking with a business hat on even if you are like 25 26 27 actually it's going to be much easier for you when you will be in leadership roles because you will have experimented on yourself, you know, what it means to manage budgets, what it means to have a vision, what it means to gear resources and rally people around your vision, your story, and 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 who you are as, as an individual and, and as a leader. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing I also want to say, it's like, it's, it's interesting how this path, and I know many young people who do prefer to go to startups or smaller companies as opposed to corporations. There comes a point though, I've noticed that they do look for some structure at some stage because this figuring things out as you go, it can be very tiring after, it can be very exhausting. So I still think there's a huge value in going into companies and corporations that can really provide you that sense of, uh, that, that structure that people, in my opinion, can benefit from because yeah. you learn a lot in organizations. You learn about politics as well in organizations. You learn about power games in organizations. You learn how to work in teams in organizations. And you learn how to work in, why not even if multinational, you have exposure to so many different cultures and ways of thinking. And that's just going to open yes. up a, a whole new world. So the moment you do decide maybe to take the jump or to want to take leadership positions, you will have had a good baggage, right, of experience that that makes you feel more confident because confidence comes from competence. So how do you build that competence? That's the question. That's true. For people to think. That's true. No, you're right, because you can, you know, you can be entrepreneurial and and take charge of your career and be in a a large organisation. Absolutely. And it just offers different experiences. It's all good. You know, it's a a personal thing, you know, where you... Where you're most happy because being happy is the most important thing and if you're happy doing whatever you're doing you know then that, that's great and it could be a big firm with all this complexity and politics and power games and stuff like that or it could be you know in a in a startup um may i say though please the the, the startups you you have similar human dynamics so it's yes. not so excuse me you have different ones of course because size does matter um, but I think it's it's really dangerous to think that, you know, as humans, <laughs> we, 
we are not political, that as humans, we will not be in count. Politics even comes in as, in family situations where yeah, you're yeah. constantly negotiating. <laughs> By yeah. the way, I don't know, with your husband, with your wife, or say, okay, where are we going to go even on vacation? Say somebody wants to go to the mountain, the other one to the sea. The average is you go to the countryside. Ah, that's not going to work. So what I mean is the, the context within which we operate, whether it's a startup, whether it's a, uh, a, a not-for-profit, I know many not-for-profit organizations that are actually managed in a horrendous way. And, and when there are leadership styles that are really unacceptable, <laughs> in my view, uh, in this 21st century. Right? So I, I, I think we need to be just a little bit mindful in, in using generalizations of, you know, the, the, the big, bad corporations. and the, But, you know, but, could, but also you know, with... It's with the big corporations or small. I mean, say with big ones, you're, and they talk about culture, and there's always an overriding culture. But most people's experience are governed by who they work with most closely. And and even if you're in a huge corporate, you know, you're in a team, you're in a, Absolutely. you know, there's this there's a smaller world that you you operate in, and and there's always a, you know, a group of people that you, you interact with most closely. So, Absolutely. yeah, you still. You know, so you still have those those good experiences um, for sure. But I think I think maybe to sum up what we're saying, it's you know rather than a job for 35, 40 years in a large corporate, I think people have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable scenario of you might be there two and a half to three years, yeah. right? You, you might move on. You might find you've been made redundant because there's a pandemic or financial crisis or whatever is going on, and and so people need to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. With having with having worked or, or having to work in different companies and taking charge of their own learning and development and it not just being laid out on a plate for the next 35, 40 years. Absolutely. Because look at the alternatives, right? If you look at the alternatives of not taking that ownership, um, you're, you're, you're always going to find yourself running behind the curve or you can feel like you're always running behind something. Or holding on to something, because that holding on depends on somebody else. And 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 I'm still amazed. I mean, in during my seven years in the in the healthcare um, business, um, this is no no new news. It's no surprise. I mean, I've changed companies seven six times, um, six or five times. No, I don't remember, but five times. And that was due to mergers and acquisitions. So, and I've had to make people redundant as well in these huge transformation projects. And I'm always amazed that notwithstanding the fact that, you know, you're either merging, you're either divesting, or you're, you're starting up an organization. So you, you will be uh, having some efficiencies, as they're called, or redundancies. And you're constantly going to be redesigning your organization. And yet, when it comes to that moment right, of that difficult conversation, people are still nonetheless shocked and and my point here is and, and I found that very revealing and you, you know in terms of how much we operate in our brains in the sense of nah it's not gonna happen to me or no nah, let me be comfortable you know someone's gonna take care of me or because I've managed my network up so well you know the the, the CEO is gonna take care of me but you know what even that CEO is gone and so if you base yourself only and exclusively in that inner circle of people that you know that you think and you hope are going to take care of your career, I think that that is that is putting your life 
your happiness into other people's hands. And and to me, the other thing that I think can help people really reflect on this is when in companies we say, you know, we are the greatest assets in an organization. Well, we have to believe that ourselves first and foremost, because if we see ourselves as the greatest assets, then we would be taking greater control of our lives. So again, I, I encourage people to think, look at the alternatives. If you want to, you know, go with the flow, just be ready. One day that flow is going to break. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. On the, on the relationships though, I think it's, it's super valuable to build really great relationships with people, of course, right? Internally, externally. But I think you have to appreciate that not just for the benefit of the firm that you're in right now and for your your progression and, and longevity there, but these people move. Everyone moves. I think the average job tenure is like two and a half to three years now or something like that. And so, you know, think of it as, you know, personal relationships for your career. Because um, so many people I speak to right now you know, when they ask me, you know, how, how can I find my next role and, and all of these kinds of things. And almost my advice is, you know, you speak to headhunters like me, you speak to your personal network, all of those things. And so many people are able to, 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 to find opportunities through people that they know, you know, that they've worked with before. There might not even be an opportunity there, but, you know, they get a phone call from Paula saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for my new thing. And they'll be like, oh, perfect. And it just it just pops in pops in their mind. And so I think for me, that's managing your career. Yeah. You know, that, that's investment for the future for you. You know, being yeah. being behaving well, you know, doing a good job, you know, going to your boss and saying, like, what are the top three things that keep you up at night? Give them to me. I'll take care of them for you. Absolutely. You know, and, and, by, and by doing that, you're creating, you know, you're creating your own opportunities. You're not waiting for people to give stuff to you. And so Absolutely. when... You know, and just, you know, when, when something happens, when they you, you might get made redundant or the firm might merge or mm-hmm. there might be a pandemic and the industry shuts down, you're you're already, you're, you're hard already, you know, like your, your mindset's already um, like resilient to that stuff and, and you'll find it, I think, easier to transition. Absolutely. It, I mean, I think it's always, um, you know, we talk about transition for a reason and, and when people go to outplacement or they go through a, a whole psychological and emotional journey so let's not you know I, I think that's important to to keep in mind and to to respect and to honor and by the way the time that it may take an individual because you're, you're moving away from your colleagues and perhaps from an environment that you enjoyed um hopefully yeah. <laughs> and 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 stuff like that so so that does play a toll but I think it's you know to what you were saying before it's kind of embracing this different mind shift of like for example in my case to me now whereas before I was really focused on corporate cultures and you know our, our colleagues and it's and it, it is important I still believe in that of course I do at the same time to me in this <laughs> new life my next 25 years I see everybody as a colleague I see everybody as a colleague I had a chat the other day I, I was also a guest speaker in in, in, a, in a biotech company uh, talking with HR leaders that um, some of them I really don't know. I, I had I had no clue who they were, but it's like, hey, we're community. We are. I yeah. really see that I have broken those walls, if that makes sense. Yes. Of yeah. Of the 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 corporate identity, startup identity. It doesn't really matter, but if we start seeing one another as colleagues. 
you know, with, with affinities, of course, you're not going to be a cult with it, but you know, where you, you have those affinities. It's, it's unbelievable. The, 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 just the sense of support, help, and learning from one another, you know, the collective now has replaced the individual. And that is, 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 is like, I I think this is extraordinary. I think this is fantastic news, (laughs) even for companies. It's like, let's move away from these individual talents, nine boxes, performance reviews. Okay. That's important up to a certain extent because it's no longer the individual as such. that's going to make a difference. I cannot make any difference on my own. If I just sit around here and come it's a team team game it is it's it's collective it's community yeah i want to just stick this comment on because i think this sums up so nicely i think what people need to start to really need to start to develop um you know your your comment first you need to believe yourself that you are the best asset and and for me it, it really gets to crux of a lot of the conversations i have with people people struggle to recognize and communicate their worth you know especially if you're you're in a company and you want the, the paycheck and the bonus and, and you're like, you know, you're scared about losing the job and, and all of those things. And I think this is this is so key to to almost everything that we're speaking about. Yeah. You know, when you when you can recognize and know your talent, I mean it's it's a big weight off your mind, you know. You you know you you know your worth. So. know your worth, know your talents, work with your talents, work with it. Don't kind of say oh but I need to also be this good at this good at this no focus on what you naturally gravitate towards what comes natural to you and and work it out like go beyond and and become the best you can be in whatever you know Warren Buffett talks about um, defining your circle of competence right And, and and some people confuse that they say okay but it's not opening up too many options. Actually, if people really reflect, and I think this is also important, how to give people method on reflecting and how to give people maps of worlds that can really help them design. But if you reflect on your circle of competence, it's probably going to be like, Louis, what would yours be? You know, it's probably pockets of them. Three, four can, things that I'm, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's not so like, why is it then? Oh, you know, oh my God, how am I going to focus? It's not that difficult. But, but so why is it then that when people wander into their appraisal at the end of the year, the focus is on development areas? Shouldn't people be like just tripling down on their strengths right now? You know, what Absolutely. are your, what are the things you're great at? And then, you know, let's let's go down on those. So here we are. This seems like the right place to press pause on what was a very pleasant and long conversation with Lewis. So make sure you tune into the second part of how to become the CEO of your life. Until the next time, as always, do take care and stay focused on what you're good at. Optimize it and you see everything's going to be okay.